Today we hear from the conclusion of the first chapter of Mark, and it's, it's beautiful how it fits into this last Sunday of Ordinary Time before we begin our Lenten journey. Once again, we're in that setting the tone mode of this gospel. Mark is continuing to show us this idea of spiritual battle, the victory that our Lord has in store for us. He eventually wins and wants us to share in as well. We see that in this beautiful expression of his power today. It's a very rich text, and while it is not a parable, it's an historical event, it's one text we can go back to and look at from many different angles, kind of like we could a parable. So once again, I want to encourage you to do that. Put yourself in different places of the scene, allowing the Lord to speak to you in different ways. The way I want to talk about it this morning is looking specifically at the idea of the leper and how that is also us. A leper, as we heard in our first reading, was cast out of society. This isn't necessarily leprosy like we see it today. It would have been any sort of disease of the skin, and so it's a broad thing that we're dealing with. And if you had leprosy, you were cast out from the community. You had to live on your own, and you were ritually unclean. And so you were cut away from the people. You were cut away from God. In many ways, it was like being a walking dead person. And the healing that we see, they would have understood to be very similar to bringing somebody back to life, much like the miracle of Lazarus. As we want to understand the weight that we have on our story today. But this leper comes to Jesus and he kneels, a sign of reverence, beginning to give us a glimpse that he understands, at least partially, who is before him. He says, if you wish, you can make me clean. And in this, the scholars talk about how he has a great Christological understanding. He may not quite understand that Jesus is God, but he knows that within this man dwells the power of God, the authority of God. Because only God can heal leprosy. So the fact that he's asking Jesus to do this, he says, if you wish it, you have the power within you. He's acknowledging the greatness of who Jesus is. And this carries a lot of weight when we realize that this is just in the opening days of Jesus' public ministry. And these miracles and these healings and these teachings that he's been offered in these days, just moving from town to town to town, always on the go, that word is spreading very rapidly. It gives us a sense of the enthusiasm of the people as a whole. It's a beautiful thing to sort of contemplate and to sit with. Our Lord, moved with pity, stretches out his hand and touches him. This action would have made anybody else ritually unclean as well. If you touch somebody who has leprosy, or even your shadow touches a dead person, so we could think maybe of the uh, story of the Good Samaritan, would have made you unclean. You'd have had to go through a ritual to get yourself ready to go back into worship. And so we see here our Lord is entering into his suffering. He's entering into his condition. Of course, it works differently with Jesus. It's a part of how he heals. So he's not made unclean, but he offers cleanliness to those that he touches. But here we see a point into the entirety of the incarnation. That Jesus comes into the messiness, into the condition that we have to deal with. He enters into it fully and absolutely. We're told he's like us in all things but sin. So other than giving into sin like we do, he knows the full gamut of what it means to be a human person. All of the ups, all of the downs. Beautiful thing again to behold in our prayer, in our contemplation. As he touches and he says, I do will it be made clean. 
Again, just as when the Father says things into existence in Genesis, it automatically happens the same is true here. Again, showing us that Jesus is God. Immediately the leprosy leaves him. He's made clean. And then he's told, go to the temple. Do what Moses prescribed. That'll be proof for that. His first move is not only to restore him to be able to talk to people, but to restore him to God. And he says, go into worship. Go into liturgical prayer, to use our language today. How often do we say or do we hear, or maybe even ourselves have said, all I need is my relationship with Jesus. That's enough. And of course, that is good, and we have to have that. What does Jesus do with this man who has a relationship with him, who is healed by him, who is close to him? Go to the church. Go offer liturgical worship. The climax, the fulfillment of that is what we do here. Celebration of the Mass, the other sacraments. So again, telling us how important this prayer is. That it supplements and lifts up that relationship with Jesus. And our Lord continues to do his work and a homily for another day is why our Lord tells him to be silent and why he does it. But again, we are the leper. Leprosy, as with every evil, is a result of sin. And so the Jews would have understood that very, very clearly. We even see some of those questions coming up in other parts of the gospel. Who sinned because of this difficult thing this person is dealing with? And so because of sin, we have ailments. We're broken. We're incomplete. But Jesus again came so that he can heal us. It's exactly what God wants to do to us. What do we do? We need to go to our Lord. We need to bow down before him and ask. Far too many of us keep God at a distance. We don't want him coming into all the business of our life. We compartmentalize. We say, I want Jesus to be close to me when I go to church. I want to be close to him when I pray or when I need something. We don't invite him to everything that we do. Paul tells us where sin abounds, grace abounds all the more. God is with us when we are failing. He's with us in a very beautiful, very powerful way, trying to pull us out of that sin even before we commit it. He's always with us, always trying to assist us. But sometimes we reject him, which makes our leprosy, so to speak, worse. In just a few days, we enter into the holy season of Lent, and the entire purpose of Lent is to enter into this fact, enter into this reality that we are sick, that we are broken, and also admitting that we want to do better, so that we can share in the joy of the resurrection at Easter, and then more completely at the end of our life. And so I want to encourage you to spend some time the next several days, if you've not already done so, praying with this gospel, putting yourself in the leper's place. And asking the Spirit to show you where are you sick? Where are you broken? And where in particular does God want you to work and open yourselves up to his grace in this season? And then find a way to work against it. We struggle with anger. We know there's certain times, certain places that we tend to get angry, situations. Pray before we enter into that. If we struggle with using technology either too much or maybe where we go when we're on that technology... Pray before we pick it up. If we have trouble with certain people or certain things at work, pray for patience, pray for peace before we enter into that condition on our way to work. If we trouble with sins of pleasure, fasting, which of course is one of the staples of our Lenten journey. But pray, discern what we're doing wrong, 
and then figure out what is against it, what works contrary to it. And there's many tools if you need it out there for you to use to help you in that assessment. And then most beautifully is the sacrament of confession. Isn't this exactly what we do? We come before Jesus, working through the priest. We kneel, or we can sit down. But we come before him, we say, if you wish, you can clean me. You can heal me. And our Lord always says, if we are sorry for our sins, we want to do better, that he will heal us. The priest will say the words of absolution. This story can take place every day. Anytime that we fall, anytime that we stumble. And so I've told, this, told you this before, we've had people praying for it. And one of the big encouragements for everybody this Lenten season, go to confession. Especially for those who have been away for years, even decades, go to confession. Only takes a few minutes. We bear our sins before God. We are forgiven. We are given grace to help us do better in the future. That we can move back out into the world, hopefully like this man, proclaiming the good news. We have a lot of opportunities coming up during Lent, with the exception of Monday. Every day of the week, we're going to have at least one opportunity for confession. I'll talk about that a little bit more at the end of Mass. Other parishes have times, if you need to go to another priest, I don't care. It's the same Jesus working through us. Go to another parish. The important thing is getting before a priest and receiving this grace, receiving this healing. Again, especially for those who have been away, don't underestimate its power. Don't underestimate what God wants to do in your life. The great ways in which he can work through you can offer healing through the beautiful sacrament. The ways in which he can draw us closer to his love and his mystery. Every one of the healings, but this one I think very, very clearly, points to this reality of what God wants to do to our soul. Again, very beautiful reading for us to contemplate as we get ready to enter into the season. So once again, pray with it. Sit with it. Allow it to challenge you. Allow it to get you ready to open up your hearts as we get ready to begin this beautiful season in just a couple of days. As we continue this Mass, so this praying thanksgiving that despite our brokenness, despite everything we've gone through, our Lord desires to heal us and to restore us. Let us pray that we can be open to that grace in our lives today.